Hi guys and welcome back to Midday Matcha with Livy. Clearly I am fucking Livy. So clearly I'm very sick and you're going to hear that in my voice in this entire episode. But I want to start this episode off by saying there's a trigger warning with sexual assault and rape. So if you get triggered by that, don't listen to this. That's my biggest advice that I have for you. But I'm not even going to do a week intro in this week's episode. Um, Let's just get straight into why I'm making this episode. I have not talked about my sexual assault in a while. And that's because I have fully healed from it. But... If you've listened to my podcast for a while, you will know that I have been assaulted twice and I've been raped. So I've had my fair share of sexual trauma. But most recently, my most recent assault was in November of last year. And if you've listened to Midday Matcha for the podcast, you know it's been a journey for me because I never stopped posting episodes. So I was really raw and real in that time. And you got to hear everything from that time as much as I was willing to share in that exact moment. But I didn't... I. I feel like I stopped talking about it for like a good six, seven months, maybe. Maybe I'm delusional, but in my head, I just feel like I stopped talking about it in since the summertime. Like I haven't talked about it since then, but I want to post today's episode and I want to talk about my entire experience, journey, stories of sexual assault, sexual assault and rape that I have dealt with because... I want to help others heal. I think that's always my biggest thing is that I've been able to get through this and I want to share everything that's helped me get through this so I can help others heal. I want to share my story in hopes that maybe you guys will feel comfortable enough to share your stories. And it is Sexual Assault Awareness Month and I want to talk about it. Let's talk about this. A lot of us have had to deal with this situation, so... If you're tuning in, I definitely want to make sure you feel like you're not alone if you've also are a victim of sexual assault, but I also want to let you know you can get through it and there's ways that I got through it. But I think there, I think it's time for me to start the episode and let's get into the stories of my sexual assault. So I see stories plural. I think it's plural because there's more than one. Maybe more than one. Okay, I'm going to keep this as like serious as I can, but also lighthearted and funny because it's me. So the first time I was sexually assaulted was when I was 16 years old. He was my best guy friend at the time, or so I thought he was like my best guy friend. I don't know, for like that fucking month that he was like my best guy friend. And I went to his house to watch a movie and I'd always been at his house. So I genuinely thought nothing of this. And he sat on the couch and I sat on his bed. And this was like our first time hanging out like one-on-one besties doing bestie things. And I went to get water and I came back from getting water and I put my water down and he was standing in front of the bed and he pushed me, threw me onto the bed. He, I should say his name. His name's Antoine. Antoine threw me onto the bed. I hit my head. He pinned me down. Um, my arms were fully pinned down behind my head. This is going to be a graphic episode. I'm not going to lie. And 
I was fighting as hard as I could. Like in that moment, I'll never forget. I was like, holy shit, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. Like I cannot break his grip whatsoever. But like, and I always thought I was like really strong, but I was like, I'm not strong whatsoever. Like he has me in a tight grip. I'm not going anywhere. And he was sucking on my neck like viciously. And I was like, holy shit, that fucking hurts. And I was begging him. I was like, stop, 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 stop. And he wasn't stopping. And I was a virgin at this time. And he started making his way down to my pants. And I was like, okay, um, he's going to rape me. Like, that's what's going to happen next is this is so intense. And I'm saying, no, he's going to, I'm about to get raped. And I just prayed that he would stop before it turned into like him fully raping me. I was like, just literally was like, God, just like make this stop. And somehow because me saying stop wasn't enough. So I had to pray to the Lord. No, I'm praying to the Lord. I'm like, make this fucker stop. And he eventually stopped. And I rolled over and I just started bawling my eyes out. I just could not stop crying. And he was like, why are you crying? And I was like, I'm not. Um, And I was 16 years old. And that was like my first, I feel like, interaction with a guy. No, I had like made out before them and like kissed and stuff. But like that, I was like super confused by that. So the next day I woke up with bruises all over my wrists from being pinned down and hickeys all over my neck, like vicious hickeys. Like I, <clears throat> my neck was really, really bad. Like I had to wear turtlenecks for a good two weeks, kind of bad. And it was a mix between a bruise and a hickey. Like it was very clear that that wasn't, it was very clear that that was an assault. Like that was not like a fun little hickey. Like fuck, my neck was literally bruised like no other. My wrists were bruised and I was 16 years old and I had no idea what had just happened. All I knew is that I wanted to die. Like to be 100% honest, I just knew I wanted to actually die in that moment. And I remember looking at in the mirror and just like crying and being like, what the fuck was that? Um, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't talk to my friends about it for the next couple months. I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And then I would have panic attacks when I would see him in the hallway. And my friends would be like, what the fuck? Like, why are you having a panic attack? And then like, I pulled my one friend into the bathroom at the time. And I was like, this is what happened. And she's like, the same thing happened to me. And I was like, oh my God, fuck. Um, and then she's like, it also has happened to so many other girls. Like he does this. This is like his thing. He's done this to so many girls. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm like not alone in this whatsoever. But one day something in me shifted. Um, Instead of being scared and being like terrified, I was more like, fuck you. Literally, fuck you. This is not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. And when that switched in my head is when everything switched. Even though I was terrified to say these things, I I was like, I'm going to say it like, all I have is my voice and that's what I'm going to use at this point. Like this is his fault. He was the sick fuck who did this to me. I, there was nothing I could have done to prevent this. So like, I'm not going to sit here and be a victim any longer and let this shit just like, I'm, I want to be a normal kid again. I want to be 16 years old again. I deserve to be 16 years old again. Like fuck this kid for taking that from me. Like, no, I'm not going to deal with this. So I turned the pain that I was feeling into anger. And that was the one thing I knew I had, which was my voice. So I started using my voice and I started telling everybody. And the amount of girls who had similar experience with this same guy honestly disgusted me. I started telling his friends. I said, if he speaks my name, 
tell him I'm going straight to the police and I don't give a fuck. Like, I do not care. I started telling absolutely everybody. It was a very known fact as to what he did and how much I truly hated this kid at the time. I'd see him in the hallway. I'd be like, literally go kill yourself. Like, I actually hate you. And I was going to keep using my voice. And little did I know, like six years later, I'd have a podcast. No, but I wasn't going to stop. I was going to keep using my voice because that's the only thing I had. And I was like, no, I'm going to tell literally fucking everybody and their mothers that this happened to me. The only people I didn't tell was the police. And I'll get into later in the episode as to why I did not speak to the police. But, um, I was like, you can only take so much from me before I decide I had enough. And he took part of my innocence. Like he genuinely took that innocence away from me. And like, I felt that. I felt that innocence leave my body that night. As weird as that sounds to be like, I felt my innocence leave my body. No, I fully felt a part of myself die. Like that young girl who believed in like nice guys and like trusted people fully died that day. Like she, she she's dead. She's gone. She was deceased. So I was like, I'm going to make your life a living fucking hell if I have to deal with this. So do you. I begged him to stop. He didn't stop. I told absolutely everybody. And so everybody knew everyone wouldn't let us in the same room because there would be drama. I'd be like, literally, fuck you, go die. Like, I was very vocal on that. But one day, I kind of just stopped thinking about it. And not because I had healed from my assault, but I had a distraction in my life. And at this point in my life, I think I... It was like six months later. I don't even think I was 17 yet. I met the man who would be my birth, my first boyfriend, but also my rapist. Jake, hey, um, you sick fuck. Anyways, I was 16. He was 19. At the time, I thought it was so cool. I was like, I'm dating an older guy. He's in community college. I look back now. I'm like, what the absolute fuck? I was a junior in high school dating a guy in community college. That's absolutely disgusting. Looking back, I'm like, he's a creepy pedophile who completely groomed me. Like, it was weird that I thought that was a subtle flex at that age. Whatever. The next two years of this relationship, quote unquote, we had was filled with physical and emotional abuse from him. Um, Very physical and emotionally abusive. I thought I was in a low place after my assault with um, Antoine, the first guy, But this relationship with Jake was like an all-time low. This was the lowest I had ever been. He had made me hate myself. I was so disgusted with myself. He would call me fat all the time. He would call me ugly all the time. He refused to date me. He was a horrible person. But that has nothing to do with the rape that he did. But when I was 17 years old, he would repeatedly rape me in my sleep. I had no idea this was rape. I had not a clue. I would wake up to him doing it, you know, and I'd beg him to stop. I'd be like, stop, stop, I'm tired, I'm tired. Um, And he wouldn't. And I would take a severe amount of melatonin just to like sleep through it. And that relationship ended by the grace of God, that relationship ended. And I remember it was like my first week in college and I was asking one of my good friends, I was like, wait, Chad doesn't have sex with you when you're asleep? And she's like, no, Livy, that's a rape. And I was like, oh, So in that moment, after asking her that question, I realized that I had been raped and that I was now a rape victim. Like, what do I do? Who do I tell? Why did he rape me? 
why did I let him break me? I couldn't even accept the fact that this had happened to me twice now. Like, how did I let this happen? And there was like a repeating theme in all of these is that I had told the guy before about the other guy. So it was like, I told my ex about the first guy and that assault. And he was like, oh God, that's horrible. Like, I would never do that to you. And then he raped me in my sleep. So like, there's a recurring theme that you'll see in this episode. And if you hear me laugh or giggle a little bit, it's because I feel like I'm at the point where like comedy is my outlet. Like I like to make jokes about this as fucked up as it is. It's my life. Like this is just my life story. And if I'm going to laugh, I'm going to laugh. But I felt the same feeling I did the day I looked in the mirror when I was 16 and saw the bruises all over my neck. And that same feeling is that I wanted to die. I was like, I am so like, I don't want to be here. This is the second time this has happened. And now this is rape. Like I've been raped. How am I supposed to tell people that I've been raped and I didn't even know this whole time this was considered rape? So I started doing research. I feel like I started researching so many articles just trying to like wrap my brain around this. And I was like, he was my boyfriend. Even though I was saying no, I was like, I thought he just had that right. No one ever taught me that having when someone's having sex with you in your sleep, like no one ever taught me that was rape. No one ever taught me that was bad. Like I never knew this and I thought it was all my fault. And I was like, how could I let this happen? And none of this was my fault. Both situations, this is not at all my fault. And there's nothing I could have done to prevent these situations whatsoever. So after this, I had taken the time to heal a little bit. Not even that much. I did jump into another relationship. It was toxic, but he wasn't a rapist. So that's the bright side on that one. But... I stupidly thought that this was the last time I'd have to deal with something like this. I was like, I've been assaulted. I've been raped. You know, I've been through the fucking ringer. God is not, God is not going to do it to me a third time. And it, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. So after my second relationship ended, I took a good four years to be single, to heal, to understand and work through this rape and this sexual assault that I was dealing with and I was doing it all on my own which I don't really recommend and we'll get into how I fully healed from all these a little bit later but it was November of 2021 when I was sexually assaulted again for the third time it was a guy who I was seeing off and on we were still friends though and we would hang out we'd paint and we'd have sleepovers nothing sexual would happen I cut the sex off pretty quickly. I was like, if I'm not going to be with you, then we're not going to have sex. And that's that. And, but we'd still have sleepovers. Cause I think I can just fully admit that I was in a lonely part of my life and I wanted him to sleep over. And I was holding on to something that I knew I didn't want a relationship with him. And I knew we weren't going to do anything more or be anything more. And that's why I cut off the hooking up. Cause I didn't want to give him my body when I knew he was a ginormous whore. If I'm being completely honest, like I knew he was a whore. Um, I, why would I want to fuck someone who's fucking the entire Chicago? No, thank you. I'm good. I definitely do not want chlamydia. Like I'm totally fine on that one. And we really would not do anything sexual. And one night that took a turn for the worst. I was sleeping and I woke up to his fingers inside of me. And that's how our day got the nickname fingers. Like, in therapy and in with my friends, 
we just call him Fingers. Like, I literally forgot his name for the longest time because I was like, oh, he's just Fingers now. We just called him Fingers. So I didn't even have to address his name whatsoever. Like, I literally was thinking about it today. I was like, what the fuck is that fucker's name? I was like, not Fingers. It's our day. It's literally our day. Hey. Anyways, um, I froze in that moment. When you wake up with someone's fingers inside of you, uh, you freeze. I didn't move. I just laid there. And I did what I did in every other situation. And I prayed he wouldn't take it any further. And I prayed he wouldn't rape me. Okay. And he knew he did something wrong because I wouldn't speak. I physically could not speak. And I was like, this is so fucked. I cannot speak. And he got up and he left. And I called my best friend crying at the time. And I was like, this is all my fault. Like, why did I let him in my apartment? Regardless if you're in my apartment or not. Yeah, when I'm sleeping, there's no consent. You can't just shove your fingers up somebody, buddy. You can't really do that. Worst part about this to me was that I was coming off of the sexual assault and the rape and I was single for like a good three to four years and I just wasn't talking to any guys. I wasn't doing anything because I wanted to heal and I was honestly really uncomfortable to sleep next to guys because of my ex raping me in my sleep. As you could imagine, one gets a little bit uncomfortable after she's been raped in her sleep. She's like, I don't really want to sleep next to anybody. So I didn't. I didn't want to sleep next to anybody. And I let him in and I told him, hey, I don't feel comfortable sleeping next to you. And like I told him what my ex did. I was like, I've been raped in my sleep. I've been assaulted. This is it. I'm this is I'm Livy. This is who I am. This is my baggage. Deal with it. So for him to then like do what I what I've told him was so painful for me was like really hard for me to wrap my head around. And all I could think was like, did I literally just get assaulted for the third fucking time? Like the third fucking time. And the answer was yes. And I felt that same feeling like I did the day when I looked in the mirror and I saw the bruises on my neck. You guys know that feeling. I wanted to die. After every assault I've mentioned, I feel like you've seen me ask the same questions of like, this is my fault. Why did this happen to me? Like, this is my fault. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? And the answer to all those questions are like, no, this is not my fault. So it's not your fault. And there's nothing you could have done that would have stopped this. Many times we blame ourselves for assault. I've done a lot of research on assault actually after being assaulted so many times because I wanted to understand it a little bit more. So anytime I had a project for school or anything, I was like, I'm doing mine on assault or rape because I just really wanted to understand this. So many times we blame ourselves for the assault because you can't really wrap your brain around what has happened to you. There's nothing you could have done to prevent it though. There's nothing I could have done to prevent this. I don't care if it happened in my bed or if I invited him over or I went to his house and made him think I was going to hook up with him. None of that mattered. And none of that was my fault. Like none of those actions leading up to it mattered. There is no such thing as, oh, you let him on, you teased him, you did that when it comes to assault. As a decent human being, you know when and when not to finger someone while they're sleeping or rape somebody while they're sleeping or pin somebody down and hold them down to the point where they're begging and saying no. If you're hearing someone say no, you're a fucked up individual to keep going. So 
every time I was like, how did I let this happen? I didn't let this happen. That's not fair to me to think like that. Blaming myself for somebody else's actions has nothing to do with me. Like none of this had anything to do with me. It's this person's actions, not my actions whatsoever. So I had to learn to get out of that mindset of why did they do this to me instead of being like, they're a sick fuck and they did what they did and that's on them. How is it my fault that this person is sick in the head? This wasn't my fault as much as it feels as if it is. I'm like, if I didn't invite him over, that wouldn't happen. I should be able to have whoever the fuck I want in my apartment with understanding my boundaries. I can't control other people's sick minds. And what somebody else does to me isn't a reflection of me. It's them. If anything, it's a reflection of the hurt and whatever they're dealing with inside. And it doesn't make an excuse for them, but it has absolutely nothing to do with me. The most important thing now was after understanding that this wasn't my fault, no matter what the fuck I did, I wasn't going to be able to prevent this. I wasn't going to be able to stop this and I could not control this. They're sick fucks for raping and assaulting me and it has absolutely nothing to do with me. How am I going to heal? Because I'm at this low. I'm at this depressed point. I'm at this point where it feels like I'm never going to get my sparkle back. Like I'm never going to be me again. And I'm never going to be happy again. So like, how do you? How do you get back to being happy or even trying to live a normal life after being assaulted? So it happened. I was assaulted not one but three times. And I... You're like, bitch, are you bragging? I am, I am. I'm like, I didn't, it wasn't just once for me. It was three times fuckers. But after every single time that happened, I had a choice. I can either let this destroy me or I can somehow make this a positive. And I know how painful it is, trust me. Like I said, I wanted to die. Like I, I'm not being dramatic. I literally wanted to die. But I thought about it and I thought these men had taken so much from me that I can't let them ruin my life. I felt like there was two paths that I could very much go down. I could either go and turn towards drugs and drinking and like forget about this and try and numb that pain, which like, I'm not gonna lie, I tried. Let me tell you, it doesn't fucking work. Or I can heal from this and I can be better. And I can show them like, fuck you, you did what you did to me, but I'm always going to come out stronger and I'm always going to come out better. Like I'm going to make this make me better. I had this mindset after every assault or rape. It was no more poor me, poor me, poor me. It was like, how am I going to turn this into a positive and how am I going to make a lesson from this in some way in my mind? So When the next ones would happen, I'd still have the feeling of, oh, fuck, I literally want to die. But instead, I shifted to my mindset like, I've got through this once before. I'm going to get through this again. And the easy way out would have been to not confront this pain. That would have been the easy way out. But I wanted to be stronger and I wanted to be better. So here's the brutally honest truth of how I healed. This is my healing journey. I honestly had to let myself have the days of like the bad days. I let myself feel the pain of having my innocence, my respect, my self-worth taken from me without my control. After every assault, I felt like a part of me was missing. Every assault has the same thing in common. That literal same part that just 
Something in my heart feels like it's missing, like something was taken from me. I was extremely depressed, but I let myself be depressed. I let myself spend hours crying. I let myself not get out of bed, and I accepted where I was at. I was at rock bottom. I was at an all-time low, but I knew I wouldn't stay here for long. When I felt myself at my lowest is when I knew I needed to get up. And I needed to actually do something. So I got into extensive therapy. And every week, I would talk in detail about my assault. A lot of my assaults, I don't remember a lot of things happen that happened beforehand because your trauma normally blocks out certain parts of the assault. So like my therapist would ask me questions. I'm like, I don't fucking remember what we even did that night before it happened, even though it was two weeks ago. I literally don't remember. And many times it was just me in therapy bawling my eyes out. But I was letting myself feel everything. And that was the most important part of this is that I was letting myself feel every single emotion that came with this. I didn't numb any pain with alcohol or drugs. I think I stayed sober um, November, like the last time I was assaulted for a good six months. Not because like any specific reason, but because I was like, I'm healing and I need to feel all of this and I need to get this out of my system. I journaled about everything I felt. I would have nights where I would stay stay up just writing about my experiences, bawling my eyes out, not able to see my screen, but I literally just let myself feel it. I let myself type it out. I let myself write it out. There was days where I would literally fall to the ground and be like, God, like what the fuck is happening? I'm absolutely so depressed and I want to die. Like I hate this feeling. There's no good way to explain how you feel after an assault besides the fact that something's just taken from you and a part of you is now gone. (sighs) Then it came to the actual steps of what I was really going to do. So yes, I'm in therapy. Yes, I'm letting myself feel these things. I blocked every single one of my assaulters on every single social media platform possible. Some still found a way to contact me, but I blocked them for my peace. They were now dead to me. Um, anyone who's not in my life anymore is like dead to me. People who I cut off that were toxic parts of my life. I've always said this. They're dead to me. Okay. If I choose to not have you in my life, you are dead to me. I don't sit and scroll through my dead friends, Instagrams, like who are actually physically dead, who have passed away, passed on RIP. Love you. Miss you. I don't sit and scroll through their Instagrams. Okay. I don't sit and scroll through the dead's Instagrams. Why would I do that to the people who have hurt me and to the people who I are now dead to me and don't have a single part in my life. I'm not going to go back and search their Instagrams. I'm going to block them on every platform. I don't want to see their name. I don't want to see anything because this is for my peace. I don't even want to remember you existed. I know what you did to me and the pain you caused me. Great. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to heal from this. I'm going to become better from this. But I want absolutely no contact with you and you're completely dead to me. And when somebody's dead, there is no communication and there is no stalking or looking up any platforms for me. And that's with friends. That's with my assaulters. That's with anybody who I choose not to have in my life. You're now dead to me and I'm not going to check your page and I'm not going to look at anything for you for my peace because I'm now creating my circle of peace and my energy needs to be protected and that's how it's going to be protected. Since they're dead to you though, you have to grieve this person. You have to grieve every single part. Um, A lot of these people were really important people in my life at the time, which made this hurt even more. So I now had to grieve this person like you do when somebody dies, you grieve them. But now I also had to grieve this situation that happened. So I'm grieving two things. I'm grieving the person that they were to me at that time in my life. And then the situation that happened, the horrible thing that they did to me. 
a traumatic situation. I'm grieving this situation and like trying to wrap my brain about it, uh, around it. But I stopped asking myself why they did this and I just accepted the fact that they did do this. And I went through every single stage of grief, anger, pain, all of it. And so my sister would be like, why are you so angry? I don't know, fucker. I was just assaulted two months ago. I'm going to be a little bit of a cunt for a while. Like I'm going through some shit. Fuck off. Because what people don't realize is like, yeah, the assault in general is terrible, but the six months to a year after it is way fucking worse. It's a lot fucking worse. Let me tell you that five minute event or 10 minute event horrible, but the pain that it causes you after that is like no other. And if you choose not to heal it, I promise you, it's just going to eat you alive. So this is from my girlies who need to heal or guys who need to heal, like let yourself feel everything. So then we have me blocking people on Instagram. We have me in extensive therapy. We have me letting myself feel I'm journaling. I'm healing this workout classes, working out in general. My mental health was clearly affected by this. Obviously, I said I wanted to die. I was clearly depressed. Okay. The way I deal with my mental health is going to the gym. So like I felt like going to the gym is another form of therapy for me. I was able to get all of my anger. It actually made me sprint faster when I'd think of these fuckers. I'd run even harder. I was like, you took something from me. You're not going to take this from me. I'm going to run so fucking fast. You, I'm going to be light. What is it like? Speed lightning, lightning McQueen, whatever. Wrong fucking thing. Usain Bolt, him. I'm going to be him. Okay. I'm going to turn into Usain fucking Bolt. I am going to get all my anger out. Okay. You're not going to take anything else from me. And I would tire myself out, but I would let myself be angry in the gym. I'd let myself lift heavy fucking weights and get angry and like tire myself out and drain myself almost just because I was like, I need to fucking like get this anger out of my system. I'm being such a cunt to my family and friends and it's not their fault. I need to spend the time in the gym to just literally get my anger out and clear my head. And it always helps. I swear to you, working out always helps. It's not going to cure the assault or take it away, but it definitely helps. Another thing that really helped me was genuine time with caring friends. You're at such a fragile time in your life and you need to surround yourself with people who will listen to you. Sometimes you just need people to just listen. You just need to rant. They don't need to, you, they don't even need to respond. You just need to talk. So people to call when you're so low. For me, this was Maisie and I'd call her. And I'd be like, I just don't want to do it today. I don't want to do anything today. I fucking hate that this happened. I'm so confused. How am I going to even like go on from here? Like, how do I go? How do I live a normal life after all this? Like, how do I not let this like eat me alive? And she would just listen to me ramble for fucking hours. I was like, I feel so broken. And she would just sit there and she would just listen. And she wouldn't tell me what to do. And she would just be like, I know. I get it. It's been a lot. There's been a, it's been several times. I'm like, it's been several times and they all just add up. I'm just like taking advantage of like, I can't do it anymore, May. I literally can't do it. And that's just our conversation. She would just sit and she would just listen. And just me talking about the pain and getting it out of my system just felt so good just to have someone just sit there and listen and not tell me to stop talking about it and not tell me to stop crying and not tell me to like, get over it or like do anything like that. She just sat there and she listened and she reassured me that I'd get through it because I had done it before and I was the strongest person she knew and I'd get through it. And she would just listen. 
she would say, you're going to make something from this. You're going to be okay. It's going to get better. And it would be months after it happened. And she would just listen. She wouldn't judge the fact that it was five months since the assault. And I was still so confused and heartbroken. As to why somebody wanted to literally take a lot away from me. Having sex again. This is what I needed to do to fully get over my assault. But I had absolutely no idea that this is what I needed to do. I didn't know this. But this is the last thing that really sealed the deal and kind of fully healed me from my assault. My assault weighed so heavy in my mind and something I was so scared of doing again was having sex. I don't even think I was scared of sex. I was just scared of having a man near me again. Um, the thought was like actually paralyzing. I was like, I can't even imagine like sleeping next to a man again. Like I just can't even imagine this or like letting someone that close to me again. You know, the thought was so paralyzing. And if you listen to the podcast for a while, you were probably here when I talked about me not letting guys in my apartment and the boundary list I set with my therapist. I've told you all about that. So the real ones know. And you remember the motherfuckers who tried that boundary list. And I was like, absolutely not, babes. But I became so closed off to absolutely everyone and everything Honestly, like it weirdly made me more desirable in a way because I was like, I don't talk to anybody. I don't do everything. Everyone's like, you're not out here fucking. And I'm like, absolutely not. Little did they know it was a lot of sexual assault and rape trauma. But like, and you don't want to be like, you're like, no, I just think don't do it. It's just like I have high standards. Like, babe, you have a lot of trauma you're working through. Stop fucking lying to everybody. And it's like, yeah, no, it's like high standards and sexual assault and rape trauma. But like, whatever made you made me if there's one benefit, I can like really be like, oh, yeah, this assault like really made me look really desirable to men because I wasn't giving it up easy whatsoever. And I literally wouldn't even respond to them. And they just thought I was a straight up cunt. In reality, I just had so much trauma. I didn't even want to fucking talk to them. And they're like, God, she's hard to get. She's hard to get like. Nobody can even say that they know anybody who's gotten with me because of the few people that I've been with. And it's strictly because of the rape and the assault. I'd love to fuck everybody, but the rape and the assault definitely put a little block in that trauma. I'm not going to lie. So if there's one thing that I'm like, yep, that rape and assault trauma did to me is it made me look real desirable and look like I didn't fuck with anybody. Um... And it just was like, God, she's such a bitch. High standards. Love her, queen. But yeah, in reality, I was really dealing with a lot. No, (laughs) but real, and I'm still like that. I've healed from it, but I'm still like, fuck you. You don't deserve my time. Anyways, this past summer, I started seeing someone who helped me get over the last part of my assault. Like this person was directly in my life for that reason. And I didn't know it at the time, but we were talking, going on a dates, and it was time for us to have sex. It was the second date. It was literally the second date. I'm such a whore. I love it. Okay. When you haven't fucked in a while, you're going to want to fuck anyways. Um, I will not lie to you about this moment. Okay. Uh, this, this hurts my pride to even speak on. I was in tears in the moment before we were about to have sex and he couldn't see me. Like, obviously I was, <laughs> babes, I wasn't that down bad. I was not going to let him see me cry. But if, if they have, it's totally fine. But like, I was not about to let him see me cry, but I was so in my head and I was like, I want to have sex with you, but I can't. And he's, I'm literally naked on top of him. And he's like, wait, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I want to have sex with you. I just like, honestly can't. And I'm like, this right here is just like so overwhelming for me. Like even me being right here in this specific moment, 
Pacific, specific bitch, anyways, is so much for me. Like, I want to, but I genuinely cannot. And he was like, what are you talking about? So I was like, fuck, now I got to tell him about the assault, which I honestly hated. I was like, I don't want to fucking be the bitch that's always been assaulted. Like, and I now I have to fucking talk about it to him. And he's going to be I'm like sitting naked on top of him. Like, that's like the best birth control he probably could have ever had in his life. No, I'm stunning. He genuinely would have came on anything. Okay, sorry. So I told him about the assaults. Just the most recent one. Um, I wasn't going to be like, and and guess what? And then, like, my boyfriend, when I was, like, 17 years old, raped the shit out of me. No. I actually, I definitely did tell him about that one, too. Um, oops. But I knew I needed to tell him about the assault, and I did. And he was super understanding. And he's like, you know what? Honestly, the only way that you're going to get over this is just doing it. And I was like, oh, my God, fuck you. You would say that, you little like dirtbag like you fucking douchebag like you just want to fuck me and he was like no like I'm being serious like you have so much fear and anxiety around this the only way to get through it is to do it and enjoy it and I was like okay and he was right like he was a hundred percent right and I literally was like he's such a horny little bitch you just want to fuck me no he was right I needed to just have sex and we started seeing each other and for the first time when we had sex I was like oh my god I'm in my head like I hate this but, and I was so anxious and I was like, I'm going to die. But thankfully it was quick because I'm stunning. No, um, no, I won't lie. It was quick. And, but after that, we started seeing each other and we were like talking and we were like together and sex felt natural to me again. So like he definitely made sex feel natural and reminded me why I liked it so much. <laughs> Ew. Ew, I'm like, he reminded me why I love sex. No. And I was like, this is exactly what I need. It felt like it was the final step for me to get over my assault was doing this. So I'm always grateful for him. And even like when I, after I ended things with him, like I ended it with him and, um, I was like, I just want to thank you so much. And he was like, why? I was like, you helped me like heal my assault. Like you were literally the healing point to my, you were the final chapter of my assault and you like helped me heal from that. And I was like, thank you for helping me get over my assault. Like, literally have so much love for you. You have absolutely no idea. And I don't even think till this day he knows that what he did for me. But I did randomly DM him that I loved him. So we've never said that to each other. But I definitely did DM him today that I loved him. Because as I was writing this episode, I was like, I just need to let him know that. I love you. I'm like, I literally love you. And that's that but I'm so grateful that he was in my life and helped me get through this and after him my assault stopped feeling so heavy and it became something that happened to me but wasn't going to define me anymore and it wasn't going to be in my head that much and it wasn't going to be late night conversations with Maisie till two in the morning of me crying and when it wasn't even a topic that was talked about in therapy anymore you'll never be the same you will be better I see a lot of TikTok saying that I won't be the same, um, like, or like, yeah, after my assault, I'll never be the same as I was before. And that's true. You'll never have that innocence that they took away from you. That part of you that feels like it was missing that I was talking about. You'll never have that back ever again. Assault changes you. But I don't want to be that girl that I was when I was 16 or 17 or 21. I don't want to be her because I love exactly who I am right now. I love the girl who got over not one, but three sexual assault experiences. The girl who was able to change her life for the better after assault. 
the girl who can sit on this podcast right now that you're listening to and talk to thousands of people and help them overcome their assault. I love this bitch. And I don't even want to be the girl that I was before. Okay. I want to be the girl that I am right now. The girl who can find genuine happiness and be happy again after it felt like all odds were against me and it felt like I was never going to be happy. And these men thought they were taking something from me, but instead they made me so much stronger. The girl that literally took her pain and made it into strength. The girl who can let the assault go and move on. The girl who can form healthy relationships because she did the work on herself to get over the trauma. That's the girl I want to be. Not the girl that I was when I was 16 or the girl that I was 17 or the girl that I was when I was 21. Yeah, they had an innocence and a pureness about them before they were assaulted, but I don't want to be them because I love who I am right now because I've taken every single thing that has happened to me and especially these assaults and made them into a positive. I've worked so hard on myself and I know I'm the best version of myself because of the work that I did and the pain that I let myself feel and the extensive therapy that I did and the outlets that I found for myself that are healthy outlets instead of going the hard route like instead of going the easy route and just going to drugs and alcohol and numbing this pain and not even thinking about this and like fully throwing my life away. No, instead I was like, fuck that. I'm going to make this make me stronger. I'm going to be a better person from this. And I'm going to be, I know I'm in so much pain right now, but I'm going to get through this. And there is so much happiness on the other side of this assaults, literally assaults, plural, because there's several and I'm going to find it and I'm going to become happier. And I did exactly what I set out to do. And now I'm like confidently the best that I can be at this moment because I did the therapy. I did the journaling. I did every single thing and I felt the pain and I let myself get through this. Was it easy? Absolutely fucking not. Like I said, I kind of wanted to die, but I got through it. And that's the girl who I want to be, the girl that can get through the hard times, the girl that knows whatever comes her way, she will get through it because she has gotten through this not once, not twice, but three fucking times. That's the girl I want to be, not the girl that I was when I was 16, not the girl that I was that I was 17 before I even knew what rape really was, and not the girl that I was when I was 21 when I still wasn't even healed from the past two assaults. I want to be exactly who I am right now. So no, you will never be the same and you will be better if you choose to be better because a lot of shit can happen to us in our lives and we honestly have two ways to go about it and you get the choice. So whatever you choose is what's going to happen. I'm going to end this long ass episode with a little letter to my assaulters. I don't even know if that's the correct grammar, but I honestly don't give a fuck. Here's my letter. Thank you. Your actions that you thought would destroy me have made me stronger. And if you're listening to this, I encourage you to get help so you don't cause pain like this on another girl. I wish you a lifetime of healing. I know I said your names in this episode. Next time, don't assault a bitch who has a podcast. I checked with the legal team beforehand that this was okay, and you can thank me for not including your Instagram handles. Please take care of yourselves, not for you, but for others. That's my little note to my assaulters um they honestly don't have any weight in my life anymore if anything I've done so much healing and I found so much strength within myself that I didn't even know was fucking possible that I can't be anything but grateful I'm not grateful that they assaulted me but I'm 
grateful I was able to come out on the other side stronger. And if you're struggling, I promise that you will come out on the other side stronger as well. And one day, that assault that feels so fucking heavy in your brain will feel like a distant memory that never happened, but you just have to allow yourself to heal. So that is it for my sexual assault episode, and I think that's going to be it on my sexual assault episodes forever. This is the end of the sexual trauma chapter that I have opened on this podcast that I'm now closing. I'm sure one day I'll put it in a book, but right now, this is this is it for a while. I love you, and no matter what you're going through, you're going to get through it, and everything will be okay. And that is it for this week's episode of Midday Matcha with Livy. Clearly, I am fucking Livy. I've never ended a podcast like that, but this one seems like a special one. Bye.